So we heard in that psalm this morning that when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all troubles. When I read that, it it brought forth for me these two questions for our pairing and sharing time today. Um, So, if uh, this God rescues us, when you picture God, what does this God look like? Or not. Maybe you don't have a picture. Um, But also, maybe you don't feel the need of rescuing. Maybe we don't feel the need of it. Maybe you do. Maybe we do. Um, But what do you want from God? That's the second question. So two questions. When you picture God, what does God look like or not? And these are in your bulletin. Um, And what do you want from God? You can... Take on one of them or both of them as you find somebody to pair with for the next few minutes and have some good conversation about this. Um, So, enjoy. Preparing within that area, um, 
And then they get up there, they stand in front of an audience, and they know they have a wealth of stuff, but they're not sure which part of it's going to get used in that moment. Um, and that's how I prepare to preach, um, is I get an area that I'm focusing on, prepare the bulletin around that, write myself some notes. Believe it or not, I rarely write my notes on the computer. You all know how much I use the computer. I usually hand write my notes. They, look, they tend to look pretty ugly. Um, I, sometimes I can't even read them if I had to look at them in front of me here. Um, and then what I do is I try to step out here and I view worship as sacred drama. So I'm in a very important role for you as a community of faith. And I trust that um, as I begin and as I speak, what, what's needed from the preparation I've done will flow out of me and head us to some place. Um, but the vast majority of the time I do this, um, you know, my whole life experience has prepared me for a lot of this. So once I get my focus area, I usually feel pretty settled and comfortable after a little bit of preparation that I'm not going to go off the rails somewhere. You know, I'm not going to meander out into the wilderness or something like that. Because I have a sense of who I am and what I believe from that perspective. And I have a sense of who you are as a community. But I tell you all that, because maybe I haven't explained that that's my style before. But I'm going to take a little bit of a risk today, because there's another thing about my personality. I'm one of those, uh, they, what they call them extroverts. You know, an introvert processes everything inside before they say anything out, out loud. Um, extroverts process a lot of things out loud and then find their way to where they actually think. Um, so the risk in my improvisational style is that if I haven't processed stuff enough, it, I may lead you nowhere. <laughs> Just kind of halfway through my thinking and you're saying, where did that one go? Um, and because of the focus this week, which is, will God rescue us? And because I spent the week sitting in a, a hospital room, um, I actually was thinking a lot about this question. Where's the rescue? Um, and so in some ways it might be a little too soon because it's going through me, but I don't know that it's settled yet. So I'm going to take the risk with you and see if something settled or helpful comes from a few sharings today. All right, does that make sense? All right. All right. Um, so one of the questions I thought a lot about during the week is, what do I want from God? What do I want from God? Um, am I looking for God to rescue me from that hospital room or to rescue my mom in some way? What the overall question is, what needs, res what needs rescuing? So as we look at ourselves, um, it's on many levels. What needs to be rescued in your life? What's in need of rescue in us as a people? Whether it's our church, or the community here in Colville, or, or, um, or the country, or the culture, or the world, 
What on the planet needs to be rescued? What of the planet? What about all of humanity? Do we need to be rescued? In scriptures often, not just Disney movies, but scriptures often uh, talk about the battle between kind of good and evil, right? And we all kind of feel that at some kind of levels. And where is the rescue from that kind of battle in our lives and in our world? And so, if God rescues, what does that mean? How does God do that? That's why I wanted you to look at that question of how do you picture God? How do you picture God? And what do you want from God? Because implying in both of your first responses to those questions is really a question of what you might expect that this God that you picture um, might be able to meet the need, meet what your want is, what your need is. So for me, And this wasn't just this week. It's been going on for a while now. In my mom's hospital room. You know, my dad died a little over two years ago. And um, the first thing, that, that was her first level of all of this because he fell on her. Actually, she was trying to stop him from falling, but he was dropping dead. And she got severely injured, ended up in the hospital, and ended up going through rehab. Earlier this year, many of you know, she had another big fall and broke some ribs and things and ended up in the hospital, ended up in rehab. She's 80, she turned 89 on Thursday. I was in the hospital room with her on Thursday, as she's now in her third phase of hospital and rehab in two years. Um, And on Thursday, you know, some people send some flowers and cards. And she wasn't even interested in reading the cards on her birthday. That's where she was, just not there at all. As I sat there this week, You know, she went through, and some of you have seen this before, she went through times where you you wonder what's really going on. Times when things she said made no sense, and then the next minute everything she says makes sense. But the problem with all of it is all of it's kind of unhappy, you know? Where's it going? What's the purpose? I sit there thinking, what do I want from God? As I watch her go between long phases of sleep and long phases of being in distress to the point that, well, I don't know what her record was. It was probably about 40 times one time in an hour that she pushed her little button to get the nurse to come in. (laughs) Sometimes they'd take care of her and they'd leave the room and within five seconds she pushed it again and wanted all the same things again. And this is, you know... I tell you this not because you need to know all the details about my mom, but it makes very real the question of sitting there and saying, what do I want from God, for me, for my mother? And 
the psalm talking about rescuing. What is the rescue here? What does it look like? What is it about? And how would God rescue my mom at this time? It's also interesting when I go through this, these different stints of doing this because um, people are real uncomfortable with those questions, right? We know that. We're uncomfortable with those questions. And some people face their discomfort around it, but some people, you know, my mother will often say, in both her lucid and not lucid moments, someone will say, well, what, what do you want? What can I get for you? And she'll point up and say, I want to go home. You know? And you can tell the people who are immediately comfortable with that question, that statement, and the people who are just looking to get away from the awkwardness of it. You know, say throwaway lines like in God's time or something like that. So this for me is a little bit of kind of the, the rawness of it that in my improvisational style of preaching I don't know exactly how to steer this to a place to say where's the rescue here? But let's hear for another second from the psalm. Because as you hear this what do you hear that's real in this? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all of their troubles. What do you expect from God when you hear that? What do you think will happen? So, the Ephesians reading has a very important line in it. There's a lot of stuff in there and I don't have time to talk about it all today. But the 14th verse, Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. So part of where I'm at least going with God, what do I want from you and where is the rescue is answered in that verse because it begins with putting on around your waist the belt of truth. It's really hard when we're facing these tough situations. It's really hard to put on the belt of truth and stay there with what is really real, what is really true, what is really loving, what is really happening. Is it not? You know? I know I sit there sometimes and say, well, I'm not going to worry about today. Maybe tomorrow will just be better. You know? Coming the next day, it's the same the same thing. Um, and uh, so for me, that's the beginning of an answer to where the rescue is. It's not saying, God, I want you to rescue my mom or rescue me from the pain of sitting there with her. Um, it's not, 
a request where I then can close my eyes and God will take care of it and the rescue happens and and if I don't see how it happens then I just say well it happened in God's way and I someday I'll see it no it begins with um, it begins with understanding who this face of God is and understanding that I don't need to fear putting on the belt of truth whatever is sitting there in front of me in the hospital room or within the struggle of my own heart it begins with that and in the scriptures the belt of truth is always connected when you look at the whole story to love because the deepest truth is the unconditional love of God. And with the strength of the unconditional love of God, we can put on the belt of truth and we can be on that journey. And that truly is where I believe our rescue is. Our rescue is, it, it, it doesn't come through certain events happening. Our rescue comes from growing more deeply into understanding that in truth the unconditional love of God is what our rescue is about. It's not about a certain sequence of events. It's not about somebody getting healed physically from something, although sometimes that's a part of that process and it happens. It's about something deeper to the meaning of who we are as human beings and who God is as an unconditional lover. And this was where in my preparations I felt a little bit uncomfortable because even with my improvisational style, I like to have a sense of where it's going to start. But once in a while I change that at the last second. And believe it or not, one of you can say something to me right before worship and it will change how my sermon begins. <laughs> it just happens. Um, but, uh, but I usually have some idea that if I'm going to travel the road of reaching deep inside and trusting the Spirit of God, then I'm going to probably end up at this kind of destination over here. And frankly, today, I didn't know where the destination might be. Um, for me, I do know that when I look to God and tell God what I need, um, I don't expect all of a sudden events to be altered. I expect my heart and my mind to be open to seeing the things that I couldn't have seen before. I, in honesty, express my need, my vulnerability, my lack of answers. Um, I tried to practice that this week. Um, it's, it's so hard, right? You know that. Sometimes, in one hour, um, my mom would repeat the same sentences 50 times and then say, but nobody's listening to me. And every time someone would say, me or somebody else, I'm listening. There's just not anything we can do about that now. Or guess what? We just did that a minute ago. You know, and it's, it's just hard and awkward. It's just hard and awkward. But in the depths of it all, this unconditionally loving God 
loves my mother, but I don't know what that means about tomorrow. I don't know what events will happen in her life. I don't know how I'll react to it. But this unconditionally loving God loves her deeply. He desires her to know that love more deeply. At whatever level, no matter how her brain is going. And that unconditionally loving God invites me to step into that journey and live more in that love, put on the belt of truth, and trust that that's all that's needed.